So 37 actually we're up to now, Alex. And I think that was, I, I don't think I've had such split emotions actually over a weekend, Thinking of, just thinking about it now, going back to how I felt on Friday compared to how I feel even now sitting here. Um, it was a Easter weekend of two halves. It was, yeah, an Easter weekend. Uh, we probably won't forget in a hurry. Um, but you know what? I'm glad it happened in that order. The negative first yeah. and finished on the positive. So happy days. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point, actually. Because if you think about it, if you, if it would have happened the other way around, um, and obviously we'd have uh, won at Halifax which yeah, and then lost at County, strangely, it would have felt like the momentum was with them, even though it's exactly the same situation. Uh, um, although it wouldn't be because they'd have had, obviously, extra points. But, you know... It would have felt wrong, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have felt weird. Think I hadn't thought about it like that. And yeah, and we're still pretty much in the same position as we were, I think, before Friday. So it, we we could have had two draws. So we could have drew with Halifax, yeah. drew with County, and if Notts County had drew against Wealdstone as well, it would have been the same. I'm happy with where we are and what's happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I agree. Um... So we'll um, we'll obviously have a look at uh, we'll, we'll we'll do it in the order that we played it in I guess and we'll end on a high if you're game for that so we'll have a look at Halifax um, and then we'll move on to obviously Notts uh, County game and then we'll do a bit of play some uh, speculation the speculation game about Barnet on Saturday lunchtime now isn't it twelve forty five yeah. Um, We'll play the speculation game. So, uh, I know you were in Halifax um, because I handed you physically a ticket. So I know you were there. Um, <laughs> tell me about. Tell me first of all about your day. Sort of, you know, because uh, I mean, it was a it was a brilliant away day until the second half. You know, um, we'd had a good time in the Three Pigeons pub down the road, um, uh, which is kind of almost where we saw you just outside. Um, the weather was nice. The away fans were superb. And then the football happened, I guess. Well, more so the second half happened. But uh, tell me about your day. I saw, saw you got the train in, didn't you? Yeah, I got the train in um, from Preston. So it only took just over an hour. And yeah, it was a proper old school away day for me. A couple of cans on the train. Really nice weather. Obviously massive away following. Huge yeah. game. Um, and the atmosphere was electric, even in the sort of, once you got past the turnstiles and sort of the fan zone before the match, the fans are in good voice. Um, it's busy in there, wasn't it? Plenty of beer, plenty of Jager bombs being served <laughs> by the, the Halifax um, drinks distributors. Um, no, really enjoyed it up until, like you say, the second half, which I'm sure we'll get on to. Um, I've not experienced an away terrace like that I don't think in the National League since we've been down here. Um, proper old school terrace, wasn't it, behind that goal, fans crammed in. I actually got a little bit worried at one point about how busy it was in that terrace and 
how warm it was and the delayed kickoff, everything felt a bit, not unsafe, but you felt like something um, could have happened, but it didn't, of course. It was all well managed, to be fair, by Halifax, and yeah. it was a really good atmosphere. And I didn't know we had two sides of the ground as well. Obviously, we had the away end where we had last year when we won 2-1. But as I was looking, we had sort of a block of supporters in that stand away to our left. Um, so, no, really good, really good turnout. And I'm sure we'll get on to the, the performance now. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, um, obviously, we, we've we've ended up losing the game 3-1. Um, we're 1-0 up at half-time. Uh, thanks to Elliot Lee's lovely low finish. Um, and it seemed like it was quite routine, really. I mean, I don't think there was... For me, there was not really a... I don't know. I always think Parky might mix it up a bit, but then he never does. So I don't think there was really any surprise in the lineup to start with um, because uh, that we knew of because, you know, the, we, as far as we knew, there was no niggles or anything. So, so there was no doubts, I don't think, um, to start with that I'd heard of. Um so there was. Uh, so we basically went with what we what we had been. Um, unless you're going to tell me otherwise, did you think maybe uh, Palmer might start, or what were you? Um, I always thought that whoever started up front wouldn't start again in the county game. Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't surprised to see Dalby start, and then obviously Palmer start in the yeah. next game. Okay. Um, so no shocks, and that. That lineup, I guess you would hope, would be capable of uh, of handling uh, any threats from Halifax. Um, and I don't know, I, we weren't brilliant in the first half, but we were just—it was our usual efficient self, is how I would describe it. Would you say it was any different? Or yeah, um, I mean, the word I'd use to describe it is fine. Yeah, we weren't anything special, but we kept Halifax at bay. To be fair, they kept us at bay for most of the matches, and it was uh, sorry, most of the game. And it was that one moment of quality from Elliot Lee, wasn't it? Yeah. Which separated us at half time. Really good finish, actually, by Lee. Um, and we did have one or two more chances towards the end of the half. Um, I think Mullin had one. And Owen O'Connell hit the crossbar from a, a throw in or a cross. Yeah. So one of those goals goes in. It's a, it's a different, different story. Game. But half time, I was happy. Yeah. Um, most fans would have thought, great, we'll 1-0 up, we'll see the game out, happy days. But yeah, it's a game, well, not game of two halves, but Halifax came out in the second half and really did a job on us. I think well, we are a second half team, I think, aren't we? That is, you know, we do kick on in the second half when we need to. So you're always normally comfortable yeah. thinking we'll step it up a gear. Um, and yet... Did we start start slow or were they electric out of the gates? I'm not. I don't know. Because they scored after what was it a couple of minutes or sort of or a minute or whatever it was. I think it was literally a minute into the second half, wasn't it? Um, their player Ali, very good player. Um, I thought he was probably the man of the match. Yeah. Um, for both sides, he was really good, and I think their managers. Managers just said at half time, look, we've got nothing to lose. We're probably not going to go down. We're not challenging the playoffs. We've got a huge crowd. Yeah. Let's just go for it and see what happens. If we lose 3 0, we lose 3 0. But if we can nick some goals at the other end, happy days. Um yeah, he gave he gave our defenders problems. Um I think O'Connell backed off and backed off, which 
you can blame him for maybe you can't blame him for but he was given a lot of space and then it's a I'm going to say it's a good finish into the bottom corner whether Ben Foster could have saved it or not I'm not sure um but no full credit to Halifax they came out all guns blazing at the start of the second half and the fans will probably ask, where's that Halifax been all season? Because they're one of the, the lowest scorers in the National League. Yeah. And from what I gather from their fans, not the greatest team to watch in terms of attacking yeah. play. Yeah. Um, so I think we were probably caught by surprise by how much they went for it in the opening stages of that second half. And we were a bit, I mean, we were a bit sort of rabbit in the headlights then again, weren't we? We kind of de- never recovered because then I'm not sure exactly how long it took for the second goal, uh, for the next goal. What was it? Another 10, uh, 20 minutes um, or so. But we never. 68 minutes it was. Yeah, we never really sort of got going. We were a little bit lethargic looking. Um, and then obviously Ali scores again. And I think if you were to ask Ben Foster, I think he would say I could do a little bit better on both those goals. He would be slightly disappointed. Um, but, you know, uh, the flip side to that is he also makes two other good saves in that game. You might remember, uh, I think they were basically one-on-ones um, from inside the box that he made a couple of good saves. So, you know, that balances out, doesn't it, you know, to be fair? <laughs> Yeah, he made one save where he made himself big and was almost like a, a starfish when he, when he saved Peter one. Peter yeah. Peter Schmeichel, yeah. And there was one which he saved with his foot as well. Yeah. Um, I think both at 1-1 at that stage. So he's probably kept us in the game with those two saves. And yeah, you don't want to be too critical of him, especially after Monday, but <laughs> keepers never like to be beaten at the near post, do they? And, yeah. and the second goal was a sort of a flash shot, which sort of caught him by surprise a little bit. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think he'll probably admit, he'll hold his hands up and say, probably could have done better for the first two. They're not howlers or mistakes no, for any stretch of the no, imagination, no. but he's got such high standards. Yeah. You'd probably say, yeah, I think I could have done a little bit better with, with the first two goals. Um, and then obviously later on, Disaruve, who's problematic for us. I think he scored the penalty in the home game this year. Um, and I don't What's know what he is. He's six foot year. seven. He's pretty quick. Yeah. He's just very clearly a handful. Um, manages to turn. I think it's O'Connell again, but I could be wrong. Um, in the box and uh, slots home. Uh, Foster's got no chance. And, you know, that, that sort of uh, that miserable day was completed when I saw that hit the net. Yeah, I mean, the game was so stretched at that point. They were always going to catch us out on the counter-attack because we were committing men forwards. Um, yeah, it's just we pushed players forward. We were caught out on a counter-attack. Didn't have the players in the box. And to be fair to Disaway, he does well. Holds the ball up, sends Foster the wrong way. And like you say, he's a bit of a curse for Exton now because he scored in the home game as well. He scored for Grimsby against us in the playoffs That's last right. year as well. So hopefully we don't see too don't much see of him, him in the future. Yeah, but <laughs> no, as soon as that third goal went in, I left. I don't think I've ever left a game early before, but I just couldn't take... Yeah, you knew it was over at that point, though, realistically, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm ashamed to admit I left five minutes before the end or however long it was. To be fair, I did have a train to catch at 20 minutes past five as well. So that was part of the reason. But no credit to Halifax. Um, on the basis of that second half performance, they 
fully deserved to win the game. And obviously they've got a packed stadium as well. So a great day for them. Um, but you know what? First loss in 28, every it's team incredible, isn't it? is incredible the run we've been on. Yeah. And no team in the world can keep that up um, consistently. And we're always going to drop points or have a draw or lose at some point in the running. Um, and we just caught Halifax on a bad day, I think. Yeah. Um, we didn't play too badly. Second half was potentially a little bit flat. Um, some players didn't have the greatest game. And all those factors rolled into one meant we lost the match. Um, felt very disappointed on the way back. Yeah. But we all knew it was still in our hands. So it wasn't sort of, oh, this is over, this is finished now. It was just a setback. But let's carry on and be positive. Yeah, it was a sombre. I was on one of the club coaches, and it was very. The one I was on was very sombre on the way back. Um, so there was no singing, or uh, you know, there, there was not a lot of enthusiasm for uh, for uh, what was to come on Monday. Um, to be fair, I mean, Park he tried, he threw everything on, didn't he? he took Tunnicliffe off, brought Palmer on. He went to that sort of four three three, I guess, that or a foot or a diamond, if you like, with Mullin at the tip of it. Um, he obviously went for it with about set of you know that was from about seventy odd minutes, um, and even brought Davis on instead of Jones, so a bit more creative. But um, you know it was it was just it was wasn't happening. At, was it for us? Obviously, it was just not meant to be that day. Yeah, and like I say, you go twenty eight games without a win. Eventually, luck or the team you play and having a good game, something's going to happen. Um, and we must have been on one of the longest unbeaten runs in the world in terms of professional <laughs> football. I don't, I can't think of anyone who's gone that long without a loss. So, yeah, they're only human at the end of the day. Yeah, it's one loss. Um, there was one particular player that suffered um, to the point that I'm not sure I've been in a stadium where there were so many moans and groans when he did get the ball, and players were almost <laughs> stopping passing to him. I don't know if you noticed that at all. Um, you know, they were they knew that he was struggling and they were going the other way to try and help him. Um so what did you what did you and I'm setting this up really because there's a there's a there's a there's a I don't want to say resurrection, there is a recovery in the Notts County game, really, isn't there? Um so that's the reason I'm sort of mentioning it really. I'm uh, I'm writing some drama here for us for, for later. <laughs> but poor old Jacob Mendy was He's, he, we've mentioned him before, recently, actually. He's not been his high-flying self. I was, I would think that was possibly as low as he's been on a football pitch. Um, you know, I've not seen every game, but when players are trying to help you out by not coming to you, the fans are sort of always, you know, there was lots of get him off shouts and there was lots of sighs every time got the ball. You could tell he's just totally devoid of confidence in that, uh, in that game. Um, and I've, I'm not, as I say, I'm not sure I can recall anything um, like like that really with somebody who was just totally shot. Yeah, um, Jacob Mendy, fantastic player, um, been crucial to our success this year. But Monday, he well, he had a shocker, really, didn't Friday. he? he was almost, sorry, Friday. Yeah, <laughs> he's mixed up over the weekend. Um, yeah, it's almost like he throws like a rabbit in the headlights. Like he forgot how to head, he forgot how to pass, to cross, to tackle. Um, probably his worst performance um, in a Wrexham shirt. 
And yeah, there was lots of suggestions that McFadden should, should start the game against Notts County um, because Mendy was so poor. But yeah, to be fair, he wasn't the only one who didn't have a great game. Other player, the only two players who I think played well in that match were were Ryan Barnett and I think Sam Dolby did all right up front as yeah, well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Mullen was was feeding on scraps. To be fair. Um, yeah, so no one really had a, had a good game anyway, but he was the one who stood out as, wow, that was a bit of a shocker. But I'm sure we'll get onto it later into the podcast. Like you say, there, were, there was a resurrection um, over the Easter weekend. And I think there was something in the media um, over the past few days about Mendy not feeling himself or, or words to that effect over the last few days. So we have to remember these players are human as well and they are going to have bad games now and then. Um, it's just about how they recover, and, and Jacob Mendy did, as we'll get on to. Yeah, I think I know what you're referring to there. Um, so I'll, when we talk about county, um, I'll tell you what I'd read and seen, because um, I think I know exactly what you're, uh, the, what you've sort of either read or seen or heard yeah. um, at that point. So, so yeah, you know. Credit Halifax, they just sort of, they perhaps did just go and have a go. Um, and we didn't, help, we, we we helped them really. We didn't make it that difficult for them, I guess, uh, in summary, did we? Um, and that Ali scored again, interestingly, I think on Mondays on a rich fit. I think he, he might have scored in the Altrincham game as well. I've got a feeling it might have been him that scored the injury time equal. I could be wrong. Um, no, yeah, he got the last minute winner at Altrincham from outside the box. Uh, sorry, equaliser. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's just like in the, he's having the fortnight of his life probably. And <laughs> we just happen to be in there, there as well in the way. Yeah. Um, so, um, so you're going home from that game. What are your, th- what, what, what were your thoughts? I mean, I think I was starting to, and that, you know, you've then got the build up to the weekend and we start to see, I guess, you know, the media then um, probably not on the Saturday, but maybe from the Sunday, that match against Knox County started to build up then, didn't it? And, you know, the preview started to come out. Obviously, clubs were starting to put out a little bit. Um, obviously, we we knew Ryan and Rob were going to turn up. So the build-up started. So, um, I mean, I was very I was very nervous about this game. People are messaging me. I was, I was, I was a bit like, oh, I'm not sure now. Will I take a draw? I don't know. Uh, what were your sort of thoughts and feelings post that game and in the build-up to Monday? Yeah, obviously incredibly down after the result. Um, that loss at this stage of the season in the run-in was very deflating, especially after the, the build-up to the match and the big crowd we bought. Um, everything just felt a bit flat. And yeah, very down on Friday evening, Friday afternoon. And like you say, it sort of raised the anxiety levels ahead of the Notts County game. Because if we had, had won that match and matched County's result, we could almost could have said, right, a draw or even a loss in the county game, yeah. it's still massively in our hands. But that result turned the county game into a, a must-not-lose. Because I think if we'd lost the county game, we'd, they'd certainly be favoured to win the title. So it's just added to the nerve levels um, over the Saturday and the Sunday. And I just wanted Monday to come. Obviously, you never want to wish your life away and you should cherish each day, but I couldn't really enjoy Saturday or Sunday because I was just thinking about Monday and the nerves and the anxiety, the anticipation, the national build-up. 
even the worldwide build-up to it, it was off the scale. Yeah. And, you know, everyone at home would have been watching us because there's no other game on TV. And biggest game we've probably had since the Boston match in 2007, I would say, in terms of importance. Um, so, no, I was a bag of nerves after the Halifax game. And I just couldn't wait for the Notts County game to come around. Um, so, yeah, a mixture of disappointment and nerves after that match on Friday. Yeah, I'd echo that. Um... It was interesting though, for some reason, I, I didn't like wake up nervous on the Monday. I don't know why, but on the Monday I was just, I, I don't know whether it was a, uh, a whatever will be, will be or what, but I wasn't, I, I don't know, I, it was weird. I, I wasn't nervous about it on the Monday, but in the, the, the days before, I was, and maybe it was just the excitement of the day and th- sort of looking forward to it, but. I, yeah, the days before I was a bit like, oh no, you know, um, like you were saying, you know, there was that sort of just feeling of such disappointment, like we'd, we'd, we'd let something slip out of our hands, you know, um, and, the, and I, I think the thing that always concerns you is one of the hardest things to do in sport is to win, is to get over the line. You watch, um, you watch, uh, next time somebody's trying to win Wimbledon, you watch very rarely win it on the first match point because it's so difficult. Um, and so you've got to give yourself as many chances as possible to make that as easy as possible. Um, and I, I think that that's part of the reason I was think I was, uh, you know, it, it was so disappointing. So Monday comes along, you wake up. What, 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 what was the, what was the plan? Cause obviously, uh, you were on commentary duties, weren't you? Um, so, uh, was it a nice relaxed morning or what were you, what were you doing? Um, so I had a friend who wanted to get up early, go into town and soak up the atmosphere. Right. So we went for a breakfast, went for a walk, had a chat, um, and all of that helped to be fair. And we said, look at our home form this season. Yeah. Look how many teams we've been, including Sheffield United in the FA Cup as well. Won every game bar one, um, in the league. Um, obviously the Woking game we drew in their third, what, fourth now in the, t- well, third in the table still, aren't they? And it was almost, yeah, the same outlook as you. What will be, will be. We've got zero bearing or we have zero influence really on what's going to happen on the pitch. Yes, we could get behind the boys and cheer them on to, to victory, but it was almost the days come now. The nerves have stopped and this is it. It's time to, uh, time to get the business done. So... I was the same as you. The nerve levels and anxiety levels were were much lower than what we experienced um, on Friday, on Saturday, and on Sunday. And yeah, it was a different experience being on comms duty as opposed to going as a fan. If I was there as a fan, I probably would have had a few alcoholic drinks to calm the nerves. (laughs) Being on a professional duty, I couldn't really do that. So... Yeah, I was just focusing on getting to the ground early, setting the equipment up, going over notes, checking the team news, making sure we do a good service. And that sort of et up a lot of the nerves and anxiety. Um, I was just focused on doing a job. So, yeah, nerves weren't as bad as they were over the weekend. And I was like, you, I'm, I just had faith in the team and I knew we'd get a result. I knew we'd get a result. You knew. Well, I'm not sure I, I knew. knew we'd get a result. Crikey. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we our, our routine was a bit not a bit, a bit out of kilter. We were in town a bit earlier. 
just what you know i didn't want to have any hassle so i wanted to make sure i got my car parking space early um you know <laughs> make sure i was at the ground you know i think i checked me I, I had the season tickets about 14 times um <laughs> in the space of five minutes you know i didn't want any hassle i couldn't be doing with any hassle. Uh, so yeah we were we were we were in town a little bit earlier um and you know it was busy as you can expect um and in fact this week uh, we don't normally do this, but we went round to the pl- we, we we moseyed round quite late to the players' entrance to see what was going on, um, and I don't think we saw any uh, Wrexham players really arriving. We were just a little bit late for them, but not they're not interestingly the Notts County owners rocked up and the team bus rocked up um, whilst we were round there. And despite my best efforts to get my foot under the barrier to trip up Langstaff, um, <laughs> uh, I couldn't do that. Um, but interestingly, you know, I, it really it was interesting because I'd have uh, I think we should make that area a little bit more hostile than it is. You know, like when uh, Champions League teams go to Galatasaray and they arrive at the airport, and it's like you know, you, it feels like you're going to die. I think that's what that, uh, that I think that's what the players' entrance should be like a bit more. I don't want flares and uh, fans with signs saying "Welcome to Hell" like they do in Galatasaray. Um, so if you can work on that for us, that would be great. Oh, I'm not sure what Fleur and Humphrey and Sean Harvey would think of that, but I'd like to see that. I, I can. Uh, Fleur was doing an excellent job of parking somebody's uh, helping park, somebody's minibus in the car park. Um, she was working very hard before the game, interestingly. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and obviously the owners had actually... Right. The owners had been into town, hadn't they, to get their reward, their reward, reward, award, um, their freedom of the city. Although we've, I've not seen anything kind of official from the club come out. All I've seen is um, camera phone footage from people who were in that meeting while they were, uh, you know, some of the major newspapers have picked that up. Um, so I'm sure maybe they're saving it for the documentary or maybe they're making it a bit more, you know, tarting it up this week. Now the match is out of the way and they'll release something maybe later in the week. Yeah, potentially. Obviously, the owners, they're very clever. They wouldn't have wanted to make things about them on that huge day. Um, it was all about the, the match against Notts County. So I think you're right. I think maybe when the season's done, we might see a, a spruced up bit of content about their um, Freedom of the City um, awards, which is very much deserved, of course. So, yeah. yeah, I think we'll see something more about that in the coming weeks. Okay, so... Uh, two o'clock comes. I'm already in my seat at two o'clock. I think at one minute to two, I was in my seat. Right, um, <laughs> already there was a, a you know there must there was probably hundred odd people in the university end, a smattering of people around. Um, we could hear the march. I don't know if you know about there was a bit of a the twelve man march. I think it was that was going on. So we could hear that. Couldn't quite see it because obviously the mold road stands basically in the way, isn't it? Um, yeah. Um, uh, so we could see that. Um, and then the team news comes through, and that at that point I got really worried because Tony Cliff is obviously um, not in the team. I had thoroughly expected, to be honest, I I thought McFadden might come in because of what we'd seen on the on the Friday, so I wondered whether he would just you know he would play uh, McFadden, um, and Palmer started, which. Like you, I think a lot of people felt that he might he might rest one of them for the Monday because uh, obviously that person really has to do some legwork, don't they? Um, 
And I think those were the changes, weren't they? Um, and I'd actually, I thought what will happen is Tom O'Connor might come into midfield and play with Andy Cannon. We might see this. A lot of people are sort of thinking it now. That might be our um, our best three um, with with Elliot Lee. So I wondered whether he'd been saving it for that day and maybe Jones would come out. That wasn't the case. So I don't know at what point you saw the team news, whether you had a team sheet at your desk when you got there or whether you, like me, see it on Twitter at two o'clock. Tell me about that moment when you sort of saw the uh, when you saw the teams. Yeah, I'm glued to my phone at, at 1.58, 1.59 on match days. I'm like, you, yeah, I've got the, the notifications turned on. So it was... Yeah, the club's official account where I first saw the team. Um, Palmer, like I said before, I saw that one coming. No surprises there. Yep. Um, and I guess Tom O'Connor was a surprise, but then again, it was an injury. So you have to make that change. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised Parky went for, for Tom O'Connor ahead of Clayworth. I think his calmness at the back, his experience. Um, just, I think that game really suited Tom O'Connor because Notts County aren't the kind of team who will pump the ball long to big strikers and play the long ball. They're more of a team who keep it on the deck and play the ball in and around the penalty area. They don't even put corners into the box directly. They always go short and look for other options. So Tom O'Connor is obviously not the most physical or biggest or tallest of players, but he didn't need to be in this match. And I think it was a really good decision by Parkey to play him as the as a left-sided centre-back instead of Tunnicliffe. Um, so, yeah, like I say, it was a surprise to see him in the team, but that's only because Tunnicliffe was was out injured and let's hope it's it's not a serious injury either. It's a It was a back spasm on the... Uh... On the Sunday, apparently, um, oh, okay. is what uh, Mark Griffith said. So uh, uh, that sounds to me like something that you could recover from fairly quickly. I did see him around in his uh, club tracksuit and stuff. Um, and Aaron Hayden. I don't know if you noticed, first time in a while I've seen Aaron Hayden. Um, word on Aaron, to be fair, um, from uh, an unnamed source. Uh, not long now is the... Uh, is the word on Aaron. So uh, he'll be fighting potentially for, you know, those last couple of games maybe. He might be, uh, might be trying to fight to get get a place. But hopefully we'll have, we'll have it done and dusted by then. Um, and he won't have to push himself um, to get back. So, yeah, I mean, I wonder how close a call it was between O'Connor and Cleworth. Because obviously, uh, you know, um, Cleworth's a very capable um and then if you compare that to O'Connor not really being a centre-half, uh, let's be honest, you know, he is a centre midfielder. So you've got those two things to sort of weigh up, haven't you? You know, do I have somebody that's naturally good in that position as opposed to somebody who's playing out of position but has got more experience and uh, a different skill set? Yeah, it would have been a very difficult decision for Parkinson. Um, obviously, Clayworth, the end of last season, start of this season... Um, one of the first picks in that back three, excellent performances. Um, form did go off the boil slightly this season, but he's 19, 20 years old at the day. At the end of the day, you can't expect him to play out of his skin every match in, in such a tough and physical league. So, yeah, it would have been a tough decision for Parky, but it's a 
it's a decision I think he's got right. Obviously, we'll go on to the game in a bit um, and talk about Tom O'Connor's performance. But I was happy before kickoff that he'd chosen O'Connor instead of Clayworth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I don't think it didn't strike me as a terrible decision. Um, uh, you know, sometimes you see something, don't you, in football, and you're going like, "Why are they? What's he thinking there?" Um, so I think, uh, I, and I didn't hear any uh, any gripes and grumbles about it. I think people realised uh, the, the magnitude of the game. I guess. Um, yeah. So um, so I'll tell you, um, Phil Parkinson had uh, had said about Mendy. Because obviously Mendy starts, and Phil Parkinson had said about Mendy that he'd had a chat with him. He hadn't been himself. Uh, I think this is probably what you'd seen somewhere. He said he'd had a chat with him because he hadn't been himself. Um, and it was interesting. I was watching Mendy in the build-up um, in the during the warm-ups, and he was like he was not himself. So there was a lot. He spent a lot of time staring off into space. He wasn't getting involved as much as normal. You know. You could just tell he was he, he he was a little bit ice. He looked a little bit isolated, and just before they started to get into the really big warm up, Steve Parkin came up to him and gave him for about a minute a massive hug and and was talking to him in his ear. Um, so that was obviously um, a follow up, I guess. You know, he knew what Parkin had, had said. Um, and he's obviously just following it up just before, probably giving him some words of encouragement, I guess, you know, giving him some belief because that's all he was lacking, wasn't it? Clearly, he's, you know, he's not lost the ability to be a, to be a good uh, left wing back. Um, he was obviously just low on confidence for, for, for whatever reason. It was obviously that was that was that's what was missing. Um, so, yeah, gave him a, a, it must have been 30, 40 seconds worth of a hug and some words, a big slap on the back. Um, and then they got off into the warm ups doing their things. And I don't know if you noticed that you might have been getting in position or something. Um, I, but I did. I did comment about that on Twitter. I said I'd just seen that um, and that. You know, you just never know that those little bits of man management are what then give him that little bit of confidence to hit that ball, which we'll come on to in a minute, but to hit that ball first time on his goal, for instance, yeah? He doesn't feel that he has to come back inside and then maybe another defender arrives or, do you know what I mean? Something happens to, to, to uh, and he doesn't score and the game doesn't change. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And a player or someone who plays in Jacob Mendy's position it's all about confidence, isn't it? Have you got the confidence to take on your man? Have you got the confidence to try a shot from 20, 25 yards and score, which we has, he has done a few times this season? Have you got the confidence to whip a first-time ball into the box? Or have you got the confidence to back yourself against a, a tricky Notts County forward? Um, and he didn't have that confidence against Halifax. That wasn't the Jacob Mendy we all know and we all love. Yeah. Um, that was a Mendy... I would assume, low on confidence. Um, and you're right, like you say, sometimes all you need is a word in the ear, a meeting, the arm around the shoulder, someone to remind you just how good you are and just how well you've played this season to make you think, you know what, I am a good player and I am going to play my natural game. And credit to Parkey and to Steve Parkin as well, they've obviously um, assessed Mendy's situation and decided the best course of action is to back him, play him, give him the support and, and watch him flourish. And he, he did exactly that on Monday. We've had the best home talent like Joey Jones And his best made Mickey T So let's get into the game. <laughs> let's savour this, shall we? Um, 
because I, you know, this this game is billed as the biggest ever in the National League. I think pretty much by anybody and everybody. Uh, almost impossible to live up to. I think it probably did. Uh, you know, I think it probably did live up to that. The um, I was just actually just flicking through Twitter, and that um, the official BT Sport account have um, uh, uh, have tweeted out a video of the uh, Ben Foster save. I think that's at over ten million views now. Um, you know, it's just it's crazy, isn't it? You know, it's Foster's video. I think. In 13 hours, he's put his vlog out from yesterday. Um, in 13 hours, it's got to six, 700,000 views. Um, so I think it's fair to say that it lived up to it and it it had everything apart from a sending off that game, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've been supporting Wrexham since 2006 and that's the best game I've ever been to. Better than the Stockport games? Better than the Stockport games, better than the FA Trophy finals, probably better than the Boston game. Um, Dover. Yeah, better than Dover. In terms of importance, yeah. drama, and just everything about the game atmosphere as well, it's, it's the best game I've ever been to. And it's yeah. a game that I will never, ever forget and, and cherish and look back on for many years to come. Um, like you said, it literally had everything. Apart yeah. from ascending off, perhaps it literally had everything. Um, the atmosphere was probably one of the best I've ever seen. <laughs> Obviously, the attention with Rob and Ryan there as well. Two outstanding teams on 100 points going for the title. Whoever wins has probably got one hand on the on the championship trophy. The late drama, the goals coming from behind. <laughs> <laughs> We should you should make a two-hour special on this match alone. It was a game for the ages, and you know what? I'm still on a high. Forty-eight hours after the match, every spare moment I've got outside of work, I've been on Twitter looking at content, looking at videos. You say the saves had ten million views. I reckon about a million of them are probably myself. Um, yeah, words can't describe it. To be honest, it was oh. Okay, yeah. I get it. I get it. You enjoyed it. <laughs> I, yeah, I enjoyed it. In another yeah, okay. I get it. Um, so, um, I thought the game. My concern. What were you? I mean, I don't know what your concerns were before the game. My concern was that we were just not going to see the football very much, and I think the first sort of 20, 25 minutes that started to pan out is that we were, you know, they uh, they imposed their style of play, which is just lovely short football um, and they controlled the football for long periods but didn't trouble us really yeah my worry was we're going to wreck some it in all the big games at the end of last season we we lost and I mean as a Wrexham fan and um, for 15 plus years you just used to not turning up on the big occasion. Um, I think back to the Luton playoff match about 12 years ago where we were 3-0 down after about 30 minutes. And my concern was, are Notts County going to get one or two goals early doors? Is Langstaff going to show up? Are we going to be chasing the game? Um, but as soon as the match started, I thought we were fine. We were comfortable. Credit to County. They, they knocked the ball around very well. And their keeper and three centre-backs all very comfortable on the ball. Um, they like the high line, which 
we should have exposed on a few occasions, but for I think, some... I think we did expose it. Uh, from what I was... Um, Mark Griffiths was saying when he was reviewing the uh, footage to edit, obviously he edits the highlights for the club. There was numerous occasions where we were onside and the, these officials had given offside. And that official yesterday <clears throat> was not very good. <laughs> Those officials, I should say, were not very good. Um, uh, there was some very contentious decisions, I think... Um, Okay, we'll come on to some stuff, but you know, you look at the Mulling penalty. You know, when a centre half isn't looking at somebody and just throws a forearm out when somebody's in the air, pushes him, and obviously loses his, sort of puts him off balance, even though he's in the air. You know, that's a penalty. Uh, so you know, it was it, you could kind of feel it, couldn't you? It's like, oh, this is just here's a ref. We've got another one. Here we go. Exactly. Yeah, and you're right about the the high line. We. Some great balls over the top, and Notts County got very lucky to get away. I think two in the first half, where Palmer, I think one yeah. for the ball were blatantly onside, and but they carried on with it. And yeah. like Phil Parkinson said in his um, pre-game, uh, sorry, post-game team talk in the dressing room, they can be exploited, and you can tell it was a clear tactic from Wrexham get that ball over the top, yeah. and you knew eventually um, would benefit from it, but. Yeah, going back to the referee, the penalty or should penalty on, on Mullen in the first half, he's, is it Cameron or Rawlinson? Yeah, they're Cameron and it was, But they're not even looking at the ball. <laughs> it's, All it's they're sad. looking at is Mullen and Mullen's midair and he's been pushed. Okay, he probably goes to ground a bit theatrically, but it's a penalty. If you do that anywhere else on the pitch, I guarantee you the referee would have blown for a foul, but yeah. he bottled that one. Um and you're right, it's just typical that National League referees in such a big game have a poor performance. The linesmen as well. They too big poor. for them now, huh? that's the problem. These games are too big for these people. Yeah, and you have to say, does it get to the point where do the National League or whoever's in, in charge, can they bring someone up from the higher divisions? Is that allowed? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um and it would have been a shame for Wrexham fans anyway for that game to be decided on some dodgy... Ineptitude, um, basically. Ineptitudes, exactly. Um, so, <clears throat> I thought we, we sort of... We, 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 we grew into the game a little bit more, as I would say. We kind of... We were, we were all about being in position. I think that's what, what I've learned most this season about Phil Parkinson now is... Um, what he likes, he likes his teams just to be in the right places. Um, and after the game, he spoke, uh, I think it, it might have been on the Ben Foster vlog that you were referring to, perhaps where you'd seen what Parkinson had said after. Um, he was talking about stopping, or it might have been Luke Williams, actually, in his interview. Basically said what we did really well was not allow them to make simple passes into the box. Um, you know, we just set up so that it was very difficult to make those passes. So we're just all about being in position. And we were good at that pretty much all the game, evidenced by the fact that I don't think they made an awful lot. And Langstaff was non-existent. Yeah, you're right. Parky had the team shape nailed down. You look at Notts County's goals this season, they score a lot of goals where their wing-backs get forward, Puts get into back. the box, yeah. and then they'll pull it back for a Langstaff or a Scott or a Rodriguez. Um, but we did very well in terms of stopping their passages into our box. And Langstaff, 
I was on commentary. I don't think I mentioned his game at all in the no. first half, even the second half as well. He was he was very quiet. And again, this is a, a, probably a separate conversation. Mullen and Langstaff, both excellent, excellent players. But you can see Mullen's got the ability to take the game by the scruff of its neck and make something happen. Chance. Make something happen from nowhere. Yeah. Whereas Langstaff's obviously more of a, a fox in the box who relies on service into him, which yeah. of course we cut off. Hence why he had such a quiet game. Yeah, the key for me, I would my concerns when uh were were Naman down the right wing, the right were their right wing back, so down our left, um and Rodriguez. Um, those were the real ones um, that I was uh, sort of, you know, was worried about. I think we did really well on Rodriguez. I think uh, centre-halves would step out, step into his zone and then step back into the line. And then a midfielder would drop back, sit on him. Elliot Lee was sitting on him at some times, you know, just whoever was in the area. Um, we did a really good job of that because I was watching Rodriguez and he specifically played on the side of Mendy and O'Connor, that left side. Um, as if he knew that that wasn't the, it's not the usual pairing. They've got a midfielder there, you know. I'm sure they knew that Mendy was perhaps low on confidence because I'm sure they'd have done their own work on uh, on what we did. Um, so he he kind of was in the right places, but we did such a good job of shutting them down, um, and that's really impressive, you know. That's 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 you know that's the experience of having players from levels above, in my opinion. Yeah, and I tell you who I thought was excellent again, and is probably my player of the season, Ben Tozer. Yeah. Absolute rock and a leader as well. And in these games, you need your leaders. And there was times you could clearly see Tozer telling players to go down. Yeah. You could see Tozer marshalling the back three, having a go at players when they weren't doing their job, being vocal, being in the right position at all times, slowing the game down when it needs to be slowed down. Um, I thought he was excellent and he was a rock and yeah. him, O'Connell and O'Connor really stifled their, their, their threats yeah. with the help of the midfield, of course. And yeah, you can't really say that the best two players, Rodriguez and Langstaff, had much of an effect on the game, really. And that's down to good tactics by Parkey and just unreal defending from the, the midfielders and defenders. So the first half, we're probably thinking, oh, we're all right. We'll go in at half time, nil nil. I, I think we would, you, you would be, you, you know, you would be reasonably happy with that. I think, wouldn't you? Um, and then comes a, a moment that a lot of people think is controversial, but I actually disagree. So if you watch the replay, a lot of people were saying he tripped himself up, Rodriguez, as he's running at our back line to get the free kick. If you watch, and maybe it's certain angles, you can see it more than others. Jonah, James Jones actually does give him a little tug on his shoulder. It's one of those that's the slightest thing, but refs always give him. As soon as you grab somebody in any way, they always give him. Um, so I've got no issue with the fact that, I mean, football is different to how it used to be. You wouldn't have 10 years ago, they wouldn't give that, but now they do. So I've got no problem with that. I think he did the right thing to stop him running at the, at the back line. Um, I, you might disagree. Uh, you might not have seen it like I've seen it, but um, regardless, they get the free kick and then Bostock pulls off one in a minute. I haven't seen him do that. I've, I've not watched all their games, but I've not seen him do that. This and Bostock. It's Bostock. Oh! It's absolutely brilliant. Sensational strike to give Nats County the lead. 
No, I'm the same as you. I've not seen all the games, but I didn't know Bostock was a the kind of play we could curl it into the top corner from 25 yards. And yeah, like you say, going in at nil-nil would have been fine. Um, I think speaking to most fans before the match, they would have taken a draw. Um, so nil-nil. Yeah, just so it's still in our hands. Okay. Um, and yeah, it was such a sucker punch, wasn't it? Because I yeah. thought we were probably the slightly the better team and the score on 45 plus three or plus four or whatever it was, it was a it was a tough one to take. I mean, full credit to Bostock. He's curled it into the top it's corner. Unsavable. Yeah, I saw a few people say Foster's left too much space to his left-hand side. If you're going to point fingers, he could maybe point fingers at the wall, not doing its job to full effect, but it's more or less right into the corner. So yeah. there's not really too much you can do about that. Great strike uh, by Bostock and some good, decent scenes by the county fans who I thought were actually quite poor throughout the game. Um, whether that was nerves or I'm not sure, but apart from the goal celebrations, I think their fans were below par. Um, I'll just add to that. I actually saw a tweet. <clears throat> I can't remember who it was by. By some of their fans sort of saying we should be more like Wrexham and we should start chants going. And it was just a bit like, yeah, because I said the same thing. I thought, I thought, I said, only because it was in my recent memory, I said, well, Oldham fans have been, were better than you. Um, and somebody else said, well, Dorking fans were better than them. The Dorking fans only came with 300 of them and they made more noise than Notts County. thought they were atrocious. Um, I th- you know, really disappointing. Because um, I was expecting it to be, you know, I'll use recent memory, I guess. I'll use Stockport as an example. Stockport away fans are always brilliant. Um, and I was expecting them, given that they're at the top of the tight, uh, top of the league, well, you know, uh, fighting for that spot, I was expecting more. Um, and like you say, it was, you know, it was a, you know, very, dis- I'd be very disappointed Um with that, sorry to interrupt you. Just, uh, I just, I'd seen those tweets today from people saying we should start some chants going. It's like, what, what, am I, what am I hearing here? Yeah, I've seen a few of the Knots fans say, "Why can't we create an atmosphere like Wrexham do at home?" Um, yeah. I mean, the advantage we've got is we fill our ground yeah. to the rafters every game, whereas they've obviously it's probably half full of what they're capable. Seven, eight thousand. It is half or maybe even less than that in some cases so it's not as easy for them um but yeah more credit to our fans absolutely so all three stands making great noise throughout the match and even yeah. when we did go one nil down um they still got clapped off and at the start of the second half there was a good atmosphere um but it was a tough one to take and at half time i was thinking oh here we go we're we gonna lose yeah i'd definitely take a draw now i had all them um, thoughts <laughs> yeah and, uh, it was a bleak 15 minutes at half time and i think that timing of our first goal is vital jones jones had continued his run he was right to do so Because what with it? It might even be our first proper passage of play in the second half. It was within a minute or two. It might be our first proper passage of play, and I've just actually seen it again. Uh, the video of it, 
and it is a superb move through every third uh, from the back. Um, and, you know, what if, I mean, I know they're going on about, they think it's a foul on, I think it's Cameron that goes down. I mean, Paul Mullin's so far away from him, I think Cameron slips, but I'm not sure I've seen anything conclusive for me to, so I, and I'm obviously biased, aren't we? So, um, but I just think Mullin, or maybe Mulls does a move on him, uh, you know, drop a shoulder and goes the other way, and that makes him uh, makes him slip. But the the uh, the move is out of this world, and the finish first time is just it's top draw, top draw moment at a crucial time of the season. Um, like you say, great time to score. James Jones, credit to him in the build up as well. Fantastic. One two, give and go, bombs down the One, line. Two. Plus the controlled ball um, into Mullin. It's never a foul on Cameron. Six foot three, captain centre back going down that easily. Yeah. Um, like it could have been a slip. Maybe he's not asking for the foul, but there's no reason for the referee to blow his whistle. And I had a great view of it. I was at the cop towards the cop um, area of the Wrexham Lager stand, and you could see the ball curl right into the bottom corner. It was postage stamp. Um, not an easy finish, by the way. No, I say first time. They sometimes yeah. end up at the scoreboard, you know. Exactly, but big games call for big players and big moments, and Paul Mullen delivered. Um, in McElhenney said that before the game. Did you see the tweet he put out, a picture of him and Mulls? No, I didn't. <clears throat> yeah, he basically said virtually exactly those words. It was a picture of him and Mulls, basically said big games call for big players uh, at Paul Mullen. Me and McElhenney, great minds. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what you pay him 20 grand a week for. <laughs> um, and it was so important that we did get that early goal because the longer the game goes on, yes, I agree. the more comfortable they feel and we're more susceptible to getting caught on the counter-attack because we're going for the equaliser more. So great time to score and, and great limbs behind the goal as well. Great limbs, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, and it was, you know, it was just gave everybody the lift that we needed, didn't it? To give, the, you know, that belief um, that we, you know, we can do this. Let, let's, let's, let's go. Um, so I guess twenty odd minutes then plays out pretty much in line with the with the first half. Um, we're trying balls over the top to expose that high line. Um, they're trying to dominate possession and work the ball into the box, like you say, for cutbacks for Langstaff or a, a Rodriguez arriving late. Um, and then again, another bit of another another really nice move and a beautiful ball across the box from Mullin. He gets two assists. He gets goal and two assists. Remember, yeah, he slides the ball across to a to a Benjamin Mendy, who, if we remember before, could hardly pass a ball on on Friday. You know, he was all over the shop, and he arrives late at the back stick and ras nearly takes the net off. Great ball for Mullin. Palmer's arriving in the box. And here's Mendy! There's that race course roll again! If you watch the um, the BT unfiltered footage, which is a, a 10-minute sort of highlights package that they've done, I don't know if you've seen it, um, you can hear it. It nearly rips the net off. It's, it's so clean... Um, and at that point, chaos, bedlam, 
in the tech end is all I can say. You know, we've turned this game around and you're thinking, well, because at one all you're thinking if they get the next goal, we're in a scrap and oh, you know. But when you go ahead, you've got that sort of, well, at least if they score, we're in a draw situation again, aren't we? Um, so there's an element of relief and just absolute bedlam. Oh, I said on commentary, I've, I've not seen scenes like that at the race course for, for years, probably since the Boston game, to be honest. Um, even the Wrexham Lager stand, which is, we could argue the most civil of stands at the race <laughs> course, that was absolutely bouncing in the paddock. Like the posse. Way, the posse, <laughs> yeah. And obviously a great view of the Macron stand and the uni end. Um, fantastic scenes and, and a great goal by Mendy as yeah. well. Um, that's a finish you can only do if you've got confidence to yeah. rasp it into the side net in a, such a tight angle as well. It's not an easy thing to do. And It was controlled. That's the thing. He hasn't just lashed at it. It was actually a controlled side foot. He uses the pace of the ball of the cross to send it back. Um, and that's hard, that is what's hard to do first time when you're low on confidence. That's what I was saying before. Sometimes you would take the extra touch and come inside because you are low on confidence, but no, bang, goal. Yeah, and right into the side netting as well. No keeper in this league is saving that. What a finish. What a ball by Mullen as well, like you say. And he fully deserved his man of the match, by the way. Yeah. And yeah. And again, I'm going to point the finger at counties defending as well. I think they get caught in behind a fair few times. And perhaps now teams who play them this season or next we'll season, see that, they've yeah. got the same manager at least, they'll say, right, they're a good team, but if we get the ball in behind and flash the ball across goal. Yeah. Really, really good way of scoring against them. Yeah, it's a classic thing that happens that once somebody shows you the way of how yeah. to do it, um, regardless of how, what a good run you're on, other teams then go, well, we, I think we can do that, and they'll try and exploit it. And I tell you what, Woking will have been watching this, um, and they will, you know, they're no mugs, as we know. The only side to come to the race course and take points so far, and they will be licking their lips at that this week, going, well, that's what we've got to work on, that's what we're going to do. Exactly, um, and we did it last year to Stockport when they were on that amazing run, and in the FA Trophy, we, we beat them, and then that sort of sent them on a little blip wobble. after that. Yeah, wobble, yeah, because they lost a few games, because teams have worked out, yes, they're a good team, but they're not invincible, they've got weaknesses, Yeah, you, why not you, go for it? You get belief, don't you? You, you, you get the... You, you sometimes what you do you show teams the way you show teams how we've shown people how to do it and we give people belief that you can go and you know you can go and get a result and to quote Parky's message in the team talk after the game they're good at this but they're not good at that. yeah yeah um so delirium for about five minutes <laughs> and then I don't know, I've had flashbacks to Grimsby as a six foot four centre half is somehow free at the back post. And I'm thinking to myself, everyone's looking at each other and I'm thinking, how has a six foot four centre half wandered up and nobody's decided to mark him? Palmer's ball over. Cameron! That's County have levelled it. Captain's goal from Cameron. All square now. And he's got a free diving header, what must have been seven yards out or something. Just... Yeah. Um, like you say, shades of Grimsby. We take the lead. We think, right, this is it now. Shut up shop to the, for the rest of the game. But 
what was it, five minutes later, switch up so. from the corner and Cameron, I think it could have been Dolby who's lost his man because I saw Toza giving him a right earful right. after it. But poor, poor defending. We can't be conceding goals like that, um, especially after just scoring. Um, Foster, no chance. Cameron from six yards isn't going to miss a diving header, is he? And it was flat at that moment again, wasn't it? I bet you Parky, I can't wait to see the documentary footage of what Parky did at that moment because I'll bet he was fuming that we've not picked up a centre-half um, and allowed him a free header. Um, so um, I, I, we, we did gloss over the O'Connell volley as well that hit the bar, um, I guess. Um, we perhaps should have mentioned, but um, anyway. Um, so, yeah, so they, like you say, at that point, the nerves kick back in then, and I'm actually looking round, and I think at that point I'm talking to the people around me, it's like, oh, would you take a draw? And surely you take a draw now. You, do you go for it? Do you not go for it? If you go for it and lose, oh, you know. Um, so, um, fortunately, we didn't have very long to wait for the answer, and what we actually saw was, oh, I don't think I've ever seen a centre-half chip a ball to himself down the right-hand side. And O'Connell <laughs> goes charging down, chips the ball over to himself, goes charging down the right wing, plays a uh, a searching ball into the box, shall we say, because there was really, there was nobody where he put the ball. But fortunately that, uh, I'm not sure how you say his name, Bairami, just decided to have a moment, give the ball to Paul Mullin. Um, and the real genius in the, the goal for Elliot Lee is, the, believe it or not, I think, is the weight of the past from Mullin to Lee. Last one was the third tier playoff. So it's come to his own pass here. Oh, it's coming to Mullin. If Moles doesn't get that right, Lee can't hit it first time. Because there's defenders closing in on him if you if you sort of picture it. Um, and if he has to take a touch, you perhaps lose the momentum um, and lose the opportunity. But he doesn't. Moles just toe-ends it ever so delicately. Lee slides it in. And the stand shakes at the tech end at that point. It was that, you know, it was it was rocking. Yeah. Um, going back to the start of that goal. Did O'Connell mean that, sort of up and under, to use a rugby term? I know his cousin is an Irish rugby legend, isn't he? He's maybe been speaking to Paul O'Connell, but I've never seen that before. He <laughs> <laughs> chased his own ball, but what a ball it was. And then at 2-2 in the biggest game for years, you can't have your centre-back trying to flick the ball out with the side of his foot, can yeah. you? That's no. Stupid, stupid, unforgivable defending but like you say, it's not an easy goal to, to score at that point. Mullins got to get the layoff perfectly. Lee's got to hit the bottom corner. Um, but two brilliant pieces of football by Mullin and Lee to, to get that goal. And like you say, again, that view I had of the tech end. Limbs. It was limbs. Um, fans going wild in all of the stands. I think even the, the Wrexham Lager stand was shaking a little bit as well. Um, I was on commentary, but I lost it. Um, <laughs> so apologies if we had any listeners from Notts County. I couldn't keep my emotions in check. Um, but I'm sure I wasn't the only one from the media 
um, colleagues or, or team to, to go mentor at that one. Um, and at that point, my emotions are all over the place. Nerves have been replaced with excitement. And then it was nerves again in regards to can we hang on? But that goal will will live with me for, for a very long time. It was a special moment. So I'll just go back to your the, the question you posed. Did O'Connell mean it? I've seen footage again. It might have been on the BT unfiltered, uh, no filter um, yeah. uh, package, I guess is what you would call it technically. When O'Connell chips it, he stops for half a second. So I think he's chipping it for somebody else. But for some reason on that day, very quickly assessed that nobody's really, you know, almost in an instant he realises nobody's looking for this. I'm going. There's just a sl- ever so slight stammer. So I, th- I don't think he meant to, but I think he reacted unbelievably quick to, uh, you know, uh, and just went, oh, this is, I'm, I'm off. Um, and, uh, you know, it just goes to show, you know, it, it just goes to show, you know, it, uh, well, like you say, I'm not sure. I have, I've definitely never seen a centre-half doing it. I might have seen Neymar or Messi do it, but I don't think I've ever seen a centre-half do it. Um, I don't think he means it. I think a second after he's clipped that ball, he's the yeah. quickest one to react to it. Yeah, can, oh, that's what I agree, can... yeah. Yeah. The counter defenders are all expecting one of our attackers to run onto it, but he's got that burst of pace where he just beats everyone to it. So I'm going to say he didn't mean it, I but agree. it's great improvisation in regards to how he reacted to, to yeah. the initial ball. That's exactly how I, how I read it. And it just, on another day, he stops his run, doesn't he? But yeah. for some reason on that day, his subconscious, he'd seen what was going on, he'd seen the picture, and he just goes almost in an instant... Um, and uh, gets the reward, I guess, in, in or we get the reward more so in the end, I guess. Um, so, I mean, at that point, you're thinking, well, this can't get any more. I'm, well, I'm thinking, I don't want Grimsby again. I cannot be going through this. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this game cannot get any more dramatic. <laughs> Little did we know. Um, that Obviously, they then obviously start to dominate the football again because they're having to force the game. We're sort of slightly starting to pick him off on the counter. Sam Dolby has an amazing chance, which I thought he'd hit the post because um, we're directly behind the goal. But actually, Slocum, uh, I don't, maybe you saw it clearer than us. Slocum actually saves that uh, that chance. Um, so, uh, so I, at that point, you're thinking, "Oh, please don't regret that. Please do not regret that opportunity." Um, and then we get deep into injury time, and obviously they're throwing the kitchen sink at it now. They've got nothing to lose, have they? They might as well go for it. Um, and then the ball comes is worked wide from Bostock. I can't remember who it goes out to, but the ball is crossed into the box. And from our end, the ball is cleared, or it's defended, and then it's cleared, and we're watching Mullin thinking he's on a counter-attack. It's Bostock! So all our attention is actually um, down by the Mould Road stand because Mullin is one-on-one almost with somebody. And then you can just kind of see this, not a melee, but there's like a grouping in the box and you're trying to understand, well, what's going on here? Because when I saw it, their initial play, I'm thinking, don't foul. 
I'm waiting for one of their players to start throwing themselves on the floor when they're on the edge of edge of our box. Um, and then there's the grouping, and then it dawns on you that he's given a penalty, and I'm like, I do not believe what I'm seeing here. When you watch the replay, I have no idea what Owen O'Connell is doing with his arms spread like Peter Schmeichel in our box. I have no clue. And that boy is very lucky that Wrexham win this game because, honestly, that is suicide. He's got his arm fully out. He knows exactly what he's doing. Um, but, again, what did you see pre the penalty? What did you see? Same as you. Um, we saw a ball into our box, which was then hacked clear by Barnett from sort of the right-back position. And we all looked away to our right, thinking Mullins... Got a defender, oh, yeah. it is this 4-2. And then all of a sudden, we see the referee blow. I think there's a county player down in the penalty area as well. And we right. see the referee blow. We're not sure what for. We think it's a free kick or perhaps a head injury because there's a not county player down. And then seconds later, the grim realisation that he's awarded a penalty sort of hits us. And it's just a feeling of, oh, God, why can't we have nice things? Here we go again. <laughs> Here we go again. Um, yeah, so it, it caught us all by surprise. And at that point, we're just thinking, typical Rex and we can't hang on. But if they score, oh, it's, it'll be deflating. But perhaps it's not the end of the world as yeah. much as we wanted that win. Yeah. Because a draw wasn't the worst result. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing that threw me about it was the delay. How long it took the referee or... La- I'm assuming that the linesman has given this because the ref does not do anything. He, you know, he carries on with the play. Um, so I'm assuming the linesman has done it in his ear and said, I've seen a handball. Because it's five or six seconds after, before he blows, which is bizarre. And linesmen don't have to wave their flag anymore. I think they just push the button to vibrate on the arm um, and they tell you what's going on. So... So yeah, there's that horrible feeling that there's a penalty, and for me, that was it. That's this is going to be three three. Um, little did I know that uh, Langstaff would totally bottle it without Rodriguez on the pitch and not step up to take it, and it would be Kedwin Scott, um, who's a uh, uh, proved to be a capable, obviously, uh, partner with uh, with Langstaff uh, from Gateshead. Um, and interestingly, obviously, you learn after that. They knew all along he was going to the keeper's right. Um, it was, you know, they'd done their research. Big Aidan Davison had his sheet. I don't know if you saw it on, I think it was on Foster's vlog. Yeah. says, Scott, dive right. What an end to the game. A real pressure penalty. So it's Kedwin Scott. Can he beat Foster? This to make it 3-3. Only adding to the tension by re-spotting the ball. Scott... Oh, he took a little two step. 
Arabs and then places the ball again. This is nail biting. This is infuriating. Scott steps up. Oh, unbelievable! Oh, made an unbelievable save. Ben Foster at the age of 40 has given Wrexham a vital, vital point here. Um, and I think. What most people won't realise, I'm not sure if you've picked up on this or not, is that, that that first hand that Foster gets on the ball, he doesn't get a full hand on it. I think it's the top of his wrist. And that ball is spinning back towards the goal. And it's only that second hand that he's put up, because you don't always dive with two hands. It's a bizarre thing. That second hand that he puts up actually is the one that saves, that saves the... Uh, do you call it a goal or a shot? So it saves the penalty. Um, it is so important that that second hand goes up. And I can't imagine how devastated I would have been if he'd got his hand to the ball and it still went in. Um, so I don't know if you picked up on that or uh, or you might even disagree. But, uh, you know, it, honestly, I'll tell you now, it is vital. Yeah, I've watched the save about, no exaggeration, probably 100 times now. And you're right, he makes the initial save. Whether that first one would have been enough to stop the ball going in the net. We can't be 100% sure, but you can see it's his arm, which is sort of over his head, which stops the ball from, from going towards goal. And it's world-class save. The stretch and the pounce he gets down to his right is unbelievable. Um, I'm not having any point. of this. He's off his line. Uh, rubbish. <laughs> they, uh, they could, you know, the linesman was there watching. You know, that is what it is. It's inches at most, and I've, yeah. I've seen a few county fans saying, oh, he was in the bottom, there was plays encroaching as well. But... Well, their play was encroaching, Bostock was in the box, so they don't need to worry. We could say, oh, we should have had a penalty in the first, oh, it, it means nothing now, but what a moment for Ben Foster. Um, you literally couldn't have written a better script, could you? 3-2, yeah. last minute of the game, and what's pretty much a title decider to save a penalty with... Pretty much the last kick of the game is what dreams are made of, really. And I did see, actually, an interesting theory that Wrexham should have had a free kick because the referee's blown his whistle. <clears throat> I know what you mean about the hand, but about replacing the ball. Used his hands to touch the ball. I'm not sure about that one. No, it's not. I think um, if if he'd kicked the ball, they'd have been all right, but he, he's, he can re-spot it. It's not, a, it's not a problem. But I did see that as well. I did see that as well. Um, but going back to the save, that's got to be the Wrexham moment of the last, what, 10 years, 15 years? I can't think of a better single moment of play, which is that iconic and which is going to get spoken about that much in, in years to come. Mullins chip against Stockport, maybe. Um, John Hunt's penalty against Grimsby in the trophy final, perhaps. But Stevie Watkin? Mickey T, come on, I'll call them, I'll, you know, keep going on. I, 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 I think that I, I agree. And the reason is that it's the most recent thing that's happened in the modern world, isn't it? In the modern era, if you like. I think that's the, the real reason. Would, it, if, would that Watkin goal have, uh, uh, have made so many impressions on Twitter? Probably, <laughs> if it was around, wouldn't it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know what, I'll go with that. It's probably our biggest, most single moment for, what, 31, 32 years. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, the celebrations, I mean, O'Connell puts the ball into the building site uh, and then obviously we have to defend the corner. Somehow they get a free header at the front post, which I think Elliot Lee clears off from a couple of yards off the line. Um, and then obviously pretty much straight away there, I can't remember who heads it, but the ref almost instantaneously blows up and the race course erupts. That last 30 seconds when the corner came in, I don't think I've ever Agony. been for it during a Wrexham game. Um, but no, when that whistle went, the elation, the relief and the joy was off the scale. There and was again, tears. There was tears yeah, there around was, me. I've seen it. Tears and the BT Sport no filter angle is a really good uh, well angle of, of Ben Foster when the whistle goes. He, he falls to his knees, he punches the air, he's mobbed by the Wrexham players. And Howard, again, to be fair. Howard drags him to the floor and he calls him a... Well, I don't know what he called him, but we can't probably repeat it on here. But yeah, I saw tears as well and obviously tears um, from fan reactions on Twitter after the game. And that's what football does to you. That's what games like that do to you. It gets the better of you, but the feeling at the final whistle um, and the songs we were singing and the atmosphere and the, all the scenes, it's, yeah, it's unforgettable. I don't usually cry, but I was very, very close at that moment. I mean, I don't, you know, we couldn't reward Ben Foster financially to the same level that the uh, the Newcastle and the Tottenham move would have relied, would have rewarded him. But he might not have had a moment like that. That Absolutely might be even no more rewarding to him. Like and I tell you what, if he does nothing else in erection, sir, apart from that, I'm sure he'll be absolutely over the moon. A corner to defend. <laughs> So we have to come down to earth with a bang. Interestingly, in the BT interview afterwards, Mullin was saying kind of the job's not done. You know, we've still got some work to do. And obviously, Phil, I don't know if you saw in Bet Foster's vlog, uh, Parky was basically saying the same, wasn't he? Sort of, you know, Keep this means nothing it. if we don't finish the job off. Um, yeah. So what, four cup finals in effect, uh, Wrexham have. Um, and we start those cup finals with the visit to Barnet on Saturday. Um, obviously, that was moved for TV. So that's now 12.45, I think that one is, um, that they've moved for TV. Um, and Barnet are 
at the moment, oh, you're tempting fate with everything you see here. But when you look at the top five, the top, the top two, three are, are okay for form. Chesterfield in fourth, uh, a bit hit and miss. But Barnet have gone. They've drawn away at Maidstone, at relegated Maidstone, nil-nil. Um, they've drawn with Bromley, which is a decent result because obviously Bromley are a good side. Uh, they've lost with York, who have started a decent run of form, which might be important for us because they play Notts County last game, I think. Um, uh, and they've drawn with Woking. Um, so they've, they, you know, they're not picking up points. They seem to have just gone off the boil a little bit, tempting fate, as I say. You know, typical this now, isn't it? Um, you know, we're not facing a team that's on a run of like four wins, though. Is is the point? So we go to Barnet um, for an early kickoff in front of the cameras, and we're going to have to be, you know, we are going to have to. Hopefully, Parky will have shaken all the excitement off, and we're going to have to be at it, aren't we? Because even though they're not in form. You're away, and again, you're playing a team who's going to want to upset the apple cart, as the uh, the old saying goes. Exactly, yeah, and you could say the same about Halifax. They weren't exactly in the, the best of form when we went there either. Yeah. Um, Born, it's a tough place to go. We saw them take points off Notts County a few weeks ago. Um, got some very good players, and Parky and Mullen have got it bang on. We need to keep a lid on things. Nothing is won yet. We still need... To be sure, seven points from these four games, so yeah. so two wins and a draw, um, and if we do lose, it it opens up the title race again. So we need to make sure we're on it. Yeah, go down there with exactly the same intensity as we did against Notts County. Um, make sure our quality shines through. We play our game. We don't freeze because there's going to be another bigger way following. So. Not counting my chickens by any means at the moment because we all know what can happen in football. But if we're professional, we go there in the right mindset and play to our strengths and our big players turn up, you'd back us to be okay. Um, and I'll say it again, even a draw might not be the worst result in the world. It would just mean we need two wins from the last three to... Well, with two wins at home then, you've got two games at home. One against Yeovil, who again, who are uh, um, form-wise, you know, they've got one point from the last five games. Yeah, so they seem at to home be... against that. You, you, if you turn up, you should do the job, which then means that Boreham Wood game at home, uh, which again, that's the one they've moved for the TV now, haven't they? They've moved it to six thirty or something like that. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? I don't think there's a cup, cup semi-final, I think, on that day, but that's still there's still some overlap. So I'm not quite. Sure. It kind of feels like a, I don't know, a, a lame gesture to try and get some viewers late on from that game rather than actually moving it and having it when there's no competition against it. But whatever, I guess we're you know they couldn't have put it later. That wouldn't have been fair on Boreham Wood to get home, I guess. <clears throat> Yeah, I think they reckon that that's the game where we could potentially win the league. So Notts County would play their game first, and it could be a scenario where Wrexham win and it's game over. Yeah. Um, but I'm certainly not thinking about, about that at the moment. I need to see us win at Barnet and end at home to Yeovil first. But if it is that game where we win it, and the game finishes about, what, half eight, there's going to be some party under the lights on the pitch and in town afterwards uh, with such a late kickoff. But let's not think about that. Let's let's do the job at Barnet first and 
like you say, Yeovil at home, the form they're in, 95 times out of 100, you're going to be backing us to win that one. It's going to be a Dover. <laughs> it's going to be Let's not forget that Notts County also have some very difficult fixtures. I think... Well, so their their game obviously on Saturday. Sorry to interrupt you there. They then got the, they got flipped to the late kickoff, didn't they? Uh, where mm. Woking turn up. So Woking have now slipped. Uh, if we look at the league table, obviously we've got a game in hand. We've got one hundred and three points. Bizarre, bonkers, isn't it? Bonkers, one hundred and three points, and we haven't won the league. Uh, County have played a game more and got a hundred points. Uh, Woking on seventy six. Uh, a point ahead of Chesterfield on the same amount of games played. So we know Woking and no mugs. They came to the race course and were really tidy, if you remember. Uh, it wasn't that long ago, was it? it uh, you know, they did a really good job. Only team to get points from us so far this season. I think I've repeated that. but um, So that's not going to be... I think that's, their, that's their hardest game. I think they, they're away at Maidstone and then home to York. Now, York actually have a bit of form. Um, interestingly, they're uh, you know they're not as bad as they were. They're they're improving, but if if they're going to drop points anywhere on paper, would this be the what? Would you agree this is the one that uh, would be the toughest game for them? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Woking, very good side, and Notts County, of course, are also coming off the disappointment and the deflation of Monday as well. Yeah. How are they going to be feeling going into that one? Has the manager actually conceded the title race this time? I know he's done it three times already. Um, and Woking still have a fight on their hands to get the third spot, which of yeah. course is a massive advantage going into the playoffs because it means you play that one less game and you just get the home semi-final um, instead of a, a quarter-final as well. So, yeah, I reckon that's going to be a tough game for County. And if they say us win... First of all, that's going to add even pressure. more from them and deflate them even more because they know even a win against Woking will probably mean that still out of it in terms of the title race. So Saturday will be a big day. I think if we can match County's result, then yeah. we'll be okay. Yeah, and obviously the, our game in hand comes on the Tuesday night where we've where we've got Yeovil. Um, yeah. Not sure if there's any other league games that, but that's definitely our game in hand that uh, that night. Um, so, I mean, you know, Barnet have had a have had a good season. They're in fifth. They've got some threats. Um, any changes ahead of that game, given the fact that we've got two games in close succession, uh, or do you think Parky will just roll them out? You know, would a Dolby start over a Palmer? Does Palmer start? Uh, if Tony Cliff's fit, does he come back in? Uh, you know, O'Connor's done a brilliant job, but it's not naturally his position. Uh, obviously, we can't foresee injuries, etc., can we? But uh, you know, Luke Young's come back, got some minutes. Um, so, what do you th what what do you think uh, potentially changes are, if any? Um, if Tony Cliff is fit, I'd be tempted to start him because is it Nicky Kabamba, the Barnet striker? Yeah. He's, he's six foot four. He's physical, yeah. big, quick as well. Yeah, quick as well. Is, is Tony Cliff more suited to defend against him than Tom O'Connor? Perhaps. There's a potential change, and then you've got the Dolby and Palmer um, scenario as well. Where do you play one on the Saturday and play the other one on the Tuesday? Yeah. Um, these are all nice problems to have, of course. It's not like the end of last season where we were forced into playing 
players we didn't really want to play in, in yeah. big matches at the end of that season. So we've got so many options now. And this is probably the reason we've won the league because we've got the squad depth and we've got players to come in who can do just as good a job as a player who they replaced. So I think potentially Tony Cliff instead of O'Connor. Um, does O'Connor drop out completely for you or does he go back into the midfield? <laughs> so who did we have against County? We had Jones, Cannon and, and Elliot Lee. Yeah. Um, I like that midfield. Really like that midfield. Um it's a tricky one. I really would have, would have wanted to be Parky picking the team for the last four matches. Um, I'll, I'll, well, let me take the pressure off you and give you a second. I think, on. providing they're all fit and healthy, I think O'Connor might drop out. Tony Cliff come in, and then we... I think Dolby... Oh, I don't, Dolby and Palmer, I'm not sure about... <clears throat> um, that's the only position. So I think everything else kind of reverts back. O'Connor goes back to the bench. And if you're going to make any changes and rest anybody, it'll be for the Tuesday game. You know, if you are going to do something, you know, if you wanted to rest the cannon and bring O'Connor in on the Tuesday, that's probably the day to do it. If if Elliot Lee was absolutely dead on his feet and a Davis or a Young come in, Tuesday is probably the game that you, you would pick, wouldn't it, out of the two? <clears throat> Yeah, 43 games into the season, title charge. Are any players going to say, oh, I need a rest? I think no, they won't tell you that, but the statistics will tell you that. <clears throat> yeah. No offence to Yeovil. Do we it... need to rest players against Yeovil? I'm not sure. Um, I think whatever team Parky puts out will be fine. Put it that way. Yeah, and we've just got to make sure we, uh, we, we turn up and we're perfect. We don't do anything stupid. Avoid getting into fights and scuffles, and you know, avoid cards. Um, and you yeah. think about it, we've still got you know, Waters still hasn't even been on the bench. Um, exactly. Is he going to give him any game time? Is he not going to be? Is he happy? Is he just like I'm happy? I'm here if you need me. If you don't need me, I'll just keep training. Well, that's not in the nature of footballers normally. Um, <clears throat> certainly not players who are not 35 years old. Exactly, and Jordan Davis not even on the bench against um, Notts County as well, so he's an option. I also think we can take some positives out of Friday. Um, the loss, can we learn from that loss? What did we do wrong? What didn't we do? And factor that in against Barnet. Yeah. Interestingly, I don't think Notts County had a defender on the bench. Now, I don't know whether that was a choice. I, you know, their squad was getting very thin. Um but I think they're getting a bit, bit, bit stretched. Um, so that obviously, if they don't get a few players back this week, um, then obviously you know that might also play a factor late on in that game uh, with Woking. You know, if you can't bring a fresh pair of legs on if you need to, or you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but at least Rodriguez has found his, got his teeth sorted. I'm assuming he's <laughs> been to the dentist. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't even know how that happened. Do you? I didn't see any contact. All I saw was Rodriguez with a tissue to his mouth midway right. through the second half. So I'm not sure who's giving him a an elbow in the mouth. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, it wasn't very clear from where I from the tech end. It wasn't very clear. Um, yeah. But obviously, I saw it was not until I saw it afterwards on BT of him walking off that I I couldn't even see the tissue or whatever from where we were. Um, yeah. So okay. Um. So we'll come back next week. With six points, shall we? 
please. Is it possible to win the title against Yeovil if we win Saturday and County lose, then we beat Yeovil on the Tuesday? Yeah, I guess if they lost and we won, they would only have three. Uh, they would have played forty-four. They'd have six. They'd have six points available, wouldn't they? So yeah, we'd be on one hundred and nine. Yeah. So yeah. So technically, technically, you could. But obviously, um, you know, we I guess Parky will be saying, listen, let's do our job and it'll happen when it happens. Um, but you will never probably get a better chance to win the league than you will with, you know, if I was to offer you at the start of the season, you're going to win the league, you've got to get seven points from Barnet, Yeovil, Borehamwood and Torquay. We would have bitten your hand off. Of we, you, you, I'd have bit your hand off at the elbow, yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> so given the resilience of this team and the quality under pressure um, and they've demonstrated that through the cup run um, and obviously at big moments like this um, you would say uh, we should be very positive going to Barnet um, let's go there I don't really, I'd love us to win easy but the reality is I just don't care how we win we've just got to find a way to win haven't we Absolutely. Ideal scenario for me is we win it on a Saturday night against Boreham Woods. But as long as we win it, doesn't matter. Don't care. Preferably not at Torquay on the last day of the season. We well, that was, that was that was going to be my final sort of question is, well, you know, there is a scenario where this goes to, that, to Torquay. And obviously they've got York at home, I think they are. Um, and that could be a very nervy game. Even though Torquay are, where are they now? I think they're 21st, so they're fighting to stay. You know, you, you're coming up a team, you, we don't know how their results are going to go, but they're fighting to avoid relegation. You don't want to be going into that game, really, needing a win away from home, do you, on the last day of the season? Yeah. I'm thinking cynically, I'm probably wanting Torquay to lose the next two. So they're so out of it. you play them, they're, they're relegated anyway, and they might play a... A weaker side, or the desire is not there to to get three points because Torquay is a, is a tough place to go. As yeah. we last year, and Gary Johnson loves nothing Very more experienced. spoiling a team celebrations and experience and his know how. So you wouldn't want to go there, even just needing a point. You don't want to go down there needing something no. on the last day because in a one-off game, literally anything can happen. But to do that, it would mean we need to drop points in two of our next three matches. I don't think that will happen. You didn't just say that, did you? I did. <laughs> I've got confidence in this team. Look how good we are. Look yeah. at the points, the goals, look at our manager. We shouldn't be thinking negatively. Back the boys. Trust the process. We'll be fine. I think I watched a, uh, I think it was Mark, a video Mark Griffiths had done. Uh, and we'll end on this uh, as an interesting fact, although I can't remember it exactly. But I'm pretty sure he basically said this was the first time two teams had met in, maybe it was in modern day, that were on over 100 points each. Because obviously some teams can get to it, can't they? But you, not normally you don't have two teams get to it. Um, so that's remarkable, isn't it? It's just absolutely crazy. Um. Let's say we do go up, and I'm not presuming anything. Um, would you want Notts County to come up in the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah? 
No. <laughs> You're shaking your head on camera. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I care, to be honest. Um, my, my gut feeling. Um, uh, lovely football inside and stuff, aren't they? You know, you know, real credit to Luke Williams, the job he's done there. Um, but I'm not sure. Would you, have you got a preference? I'm not sure. It, I'm not sure. It, uh, I'm going to be rude. You'd, think, you'd say they deserve it, wouldn't you? Their record says they deserve it. I just don't think it happens. I don't think it I'm happens. I'm going to be ruthless and say I don't really care, to be honest. Yeah. If I was being super cynical, I'd say I want them to stay down because if they do come up, they've probably got more chance of challenging for promotion again next season. Yeah, they stuff. have because they're fine. Yeah. Would, would we rather a Barnet or a Chesterfield come up instead? Yeah, I, get, um, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, um, but also to get 100-plus points and not go up, um, you would have to feel for him. And to be fair, I like Luke Williams. He's a classy manager. Yeah, they were very, very courteous about the club yeah. and everything. There was no animosity in the build-up um, from them, was there? There was their fans. Um, but from them, they, they just seem to have been very dignified about everything. Yeah. No, I spoke to Luke Williams after the match. Just wished him well. Hope they go up with us. And he, he said, thank you. He smiled. He said, have a good evening. Little things like that makes you think, okay, he's a classy manager. Most of the fans are okay. I know you get a few troll accounts like that Notts County's own and some others who yeah. post some rubbish. But most of the reaction for Monday from their fans, they've been complimentary about us. They say they've been beaten by the better team and they hope both of us go up. So, yeah, the honest answer is I'm not bothered. Really yeah. not bothered as long as we do the business. Yeah. So we'll focus on us. We'll come back. Uh, we'll come back on Wednesday next week with six points, and uh, we'll be building up to Boreham Wood at home, and that could be. A, the, would you then call that the biggest game in our modern history? I think you probably Ooh. would, given the input, given what could happen as a result of it. So maybe not. It's you know it hasn't got the fervor of a Notts County, but the reality is, is if you get enough points, if you're in the right position, you get enough points. We're back in the football league. Exactly. Certainly going to be the biggest party we've had for for a long, long time. If we need a win or a point against Boreham Woods, let's see what happens Saturday yeah. and Tuesday, and then we'll we'll work out what happens after that. <laughs>
Back in the football league. 